Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 75. Reimagineer it. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. Man, you looked absolutely lost when you were trying to figure out the title. <laughs> We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Totally lost. Got into it and realized didn't know what the title for this episode was. So yeah. Yeah. So we're three. That's where we are. We're three guys minus one. Matt could not join us tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, Matt could not join us tonight. But uh, we will we will soldier on without him. So tonight we're going to revisit a topic that I think we've done a couple of times before. There are some rides at Disney World that I can't stand. I think Tom likes them because he likes not very good rides a lot of the times, but there are some rides that I think could use some work. So we're going to look at, take a look at those rides tonight, offer some insight into how we think they could be changed. Maybe we just end up shutting them down. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to end up, but, uh, but that's the plan for tonight. So before we get into that, Tom, I know you can't start the news without a cue. So let's go to Tom with the news. So while that's true, because last week you did not give me a cue, there's nothing wrong with Disney World. Pete is making me talk negatively tonight about the attractions that he's not like. We'll get to that in a little bit, though. Going to start over in Hollywood Studios. Not a ton of news this week, but a uh, new behind-the-scenes look has been released for Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. As we've mentioned pl- plenty of times on the podcast, there's a new attraction you know, kind of experience opening at Hollywood Studios, and it will include the racing legend Lightning McQueen. Not totally sure... You know what the, what this experience is going to be like. We, we've detailed the screen, the character experiences you'll meet, but it will be opening soon. And there's a sneak peek you can check out online. Pete and I are, are not in the stage of life where we are visiting with characters, so we are hoping for listeners to tell us how this experience is and if it's worthwhile. Staying in Hollywood Studios, as we hit last week, the opening date of Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge has been announced. Still a lot of momentum there. A lot of rumors are coming out. We, we try not to be a rumor podcast, I guess, or a spoiler podcast, but man, I cannot wait. You know, I, I want to clarify on our last podcast that we mentioned both attractions. Rise of Resistance will open later than the actual opening date. Correct, Pete? Yeah, that's correct. I, and apparently, listening to Disney talk about it, this is the most advanced ride that they've ever done. There's a lot of moving pieces, and so... I don't think it comes as any surprise that they're not going to have this ready to go when the park opens. That being said, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know, I think the funny thing is that we thought Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run would be the better attraction. And now I think we're, we're wrong. I think Rise of Resistance is going to be the best attraction in Florida and maybe in the country. Yeah, I agree. I, I think everybody kind of assumed, hey, we're going to have the Millennium Falcon in a ride. This is going to be this is going to be awesome. But but yeah, I think you're right. I think that the more that I read about these attractions, the more details that come out, I'm more excited for Rise of the Resistance than I am for the Millennium Falcon ride, Smuggler's Run. You know, I'm I'm there with you on from an attraction standpoint, but walking through and sitting in the Millennium Falcon is going to be, you know, one of the coolest things I've ever done. One thing that we've hit on is that your record, your performance rather, will follow you throughout your experience in Galaxy's Edge. I did find out you cannot fail your mission on the Millennium Falcon. And that's, it's, while I think it would be hilarious for people to be able to fail, you could be in there, most likely, you're going to have a couple people you've never met with you, right? It's a six-person, I think six seats, 
if you're not with a party of six, you're going to be put with people who you do not know. They will fill this attraction because every seat has a different view and role. So a little disappointed that you can't fail, but it will be fun to see how your record follows you. Going to move over to Animal Kingdom here. Kilimanjaro Safari, we, we'd mentioned had a new addition earlier in the year. A new giraffe was born. I believe they've named him Jabari, if that's correct. Well, this little guy is now two months old, and he has joined the giraffe herd at Kilimanjaro Safaris. So if, you, uh, if you're if you riding the attraction, you may see a little guy running around. The name Jabari means brave one. So they are, uh, they're very excited for the little guy. It's something Disney does a lot. Most of the animals, uh, Disney tries to encourage reproduction. There's a little hippo there now. Uh, Kilimanjaro Safari is... is they, they try to mimic, I guess, the area they would live in uh, if they were not at Animal Kingdom. So um, keep your eyes out for Jabari. I think it's pretty cool. Moving over to some general news. Disney has increased their single and multi-day ticket prices. No surprise here, right? Galaxy's Edge is opening. Disney's going to capitalize on it. We hinted that this could be coming when we discussed the resorts that were now added to you know, Disney's footprint where, where you get the extended fast pass op- opportunity. What are your thoughts on the, the price increase of 15 to 30%, Pete? I, I don't think this comes as any surprise to anybody that has been listening to our podcast. Again, Disney has invested about a billion dollars between Disneyland and Disney World in, into Galaxy's Edge. That's a lot of money. That's got to be recouped somehow. Are these prices sustainable? I, I don't know. I mean, with, with the current trend of attendance at Disney parks, yeah, it, it might be sustainable but we get an economic downturn or something happens i i just i think attendance drops off the face of the earth and disney's going to have to reevaluate at that point i mean ticket ticket prices are expensive now right i mean it's it's really expensive you're talking almost 200 250 dollars for a single day park hopper ticket that's absolutely ridiculous it is and you and i have have probably been very hypocritical because we we bounce both ways. Won't Disney be cheaper? Sometimes won't it be more expensive to let less people in, so you have a better park experience. I'll just say that I'm very glad that I've purchased an annual pass prior to the increases. Have not activated it yet, but two fifty for a day is ridiculous. Annual pass prices didn't go up that much. They only went up about ten or fifteen dollars, I think. Yeah, it's still an so, increase, though. I mean, no, it definitely is an increase. Here's what I think. I think that if Disney really wants this price increase to be accepted by the community, they're going to have to open another park, and they're going to have to open another park sooner rather than later. I uh, see. I'm I'm on, I'm opposite of you. I mean, the Galaxy's Edge, it it was a billion dollar project. They don't have to open another park. You're going to have the two best attractions in the country, in California and in Florida, with five and a half hour waits for each one. That's I mean that's fine. You you're going to wait it. What are you, are you not going to do it when you go? Honestly, no. If there's no fast pass and I can't get a fast pass, I'll skip it. I may go into the land, but I will. Yes, if there's a five and a half hour wait for both those attractions, yes, I will skip them. I mean, I guess you're in the minority then, because I, I think most folks will try to ride those attractions and they'll wait. They'll wait I mean, five and a half I mean, hours. I mean, you're talking a full day at Hollywood Studios to ride two rides. That's all you do. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, we we were texting about doing a VIP experience and finding twelve people. To split it so we could ride the attractions. But the, the the price increases, to me, do not justify Disney opening a new park. Because you have you have Tron coming. You have the remodel to Epcot coming. You have Galaxy's Edge, among other things. Toy Story Land opened. Disney's Disney's playing hardball now. I mean, they, they've... Yeah, there's, there's a lot coming. You're right. There is a lot coming. But if you can't enjoy that because there's so many people there, 
is it worth paying that extra money? That's Are people still going to say, hey, this is a good value? That's a good point. I, I hear you there. I hear you. So I don't know. I, I mean, my, my gut is that five, 10 years down the road, there's there's got to be something. There's got to be a fifth gate that opens because there's got to be a lot of changes if they don't have a fifth gate, I guess is, is kind of where I'm going with this. You know, as much land as they have, I'm sure at some point there will be a fifth gate. Not sure if it's in the near future, though. That's all I had for news, Pete, unless you had something else to share. Yeah, the only thing that I have is, and, and this is one of the only rides at Hollywood Studios that has kind of escaped any changes or being closed due to Galaxy's Edge construction, but Indiana Jones is going to receive some kind of update before Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. I'm not sure what exactly it's going to be at this point. I would expect that it's going to be closed for quite a while to accommodate this, So, but but it will be open prior to 2021, which is the 50th anniversary of Disney World. But other than that, no, that's that's I think that's all the news for this week. Not a ton, but anything with Galaxy's Edge right now is kind of really exciting, right? Yeah, I mean, can't wait. I'm counting down the days. I'm going to do uh, Disney twice in, in August, once in September, and once in October. I mean, we're, we're going to, I'll let you know how it is. All right, well, with that, let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsor. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, well, let's get into this. Let's start reimagineering some rides. And I think I want to start with a ride that, Tom, I think is near and dear to your heart, but I really don't care for it all that much. And that is Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Yeah. What am I, I mean, when I can max out a score in a shooter game at Disney World, it's going to be one of my favorites. But I'd love to hear your reimagination. You are reimagineering the ride. Well, here's my problem with Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. This ride is old. At this point, this ride is 20 years old, 20 plus years old. I think at this point, it opened in 1998, replaced if you had wings. And this ride is present in some form at every Magic Kingdom type park other than Hong Kong Disney. It's built on the classic Disney Omnimover ride system. And yeah, like you said, it's just a shoot 'em up game. And, and the ultimate goal is to become Galactic Hero, to score 999,999 points which we've both done many times. My problem with this is you get on these Omnimover vehicles. They look old. The guns don't work half the time. The scenery's not great anymore. You know, you hit targets and the targets don't, don't do what they're supposed to do. There's, there's just a lot wrong with this. So this ride to me needs to be A, either closed for 
an extended time period for maintenance to to redo all of this stuff and to make it you know fresh and new again and and maybe to to add Disneyland has the guns that you can remove and you can aim just so you either add that to the uh, to the ride or you do something altogether different and I, and I don't know exactly what that is but uh, I, I don't know how you can justify this ride being good anymore in the, in the state that it's in you know where technology is at Disney I, I kind of agree the, the the last time I went in January it felt dated that that's probably the most polite way to say I do wish that you could remove the gun from the holster and kind of aim as you please because having the vehicle that does spin it makes it difficult if if you're not the one controlling where it spins you have no idea we're going to aim and shoot next i will say the attraction felt like some lasers do not work i rode alone on my last time there and one of my guns was totally broken you know we, we had three people uh, or four people in the park we all went solo and decided to you know have a competition and, and one of the guns definitely did not work. So that's, you know, you wait 25, 30, 40 minutes for this attraction and your gun does not work. Typically, you probably won't say anything and Disney's not going to do anything, right? I mean, it, you had a wasted experience. So there's a lot they could do. But I'm a, such a Toy Story freak that I love this attraction. I love the idea of it. Yes, it is fun to max out your score. So it, I like challenging people to it. But the responses and the response time of, I mean, Toy Story Mania is light years better than Buzz Lightyear from a response standpoint. Exactly. And that's where I'm going with this is that you look at a ride like Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, and then you compare it to Toy Story Mania. It's, there's really no comparison between those two, right? I mean, the Toy Story Mania is light years, not to make, not to make a pun there, but but it's light years ahead of Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. So I think, what could you do? I mean, it's cool how Buzz Lightyear has all of these actual, kind of, for lack of a better word, puppets, right? With targets on them. Could you make that just screens like you have at Toy Story Mania? Could you could you wear 3D glasses and shoot at screens? Yeah, but, I don't, but, but then you've got pretty much the same ride, just with a little bit different theme. So what do you do to make this ride better? I, I like the Toy Story theme. I agree with you. But is it, I mean, is it time to just go in and, and refresh everything to completely redo everything in there, to completely redo the vehicles, to completely redo the guns? I mean, what other option do you have on this? You know, before, before you go through and reimagine this, is it a bad take just to get rid of it and, and put something else in that space? I, I, don't, I don't know so that it's a bad thing. take. So Hollywood Studios has Toy Story Mania, right? You do away with Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, and just float off into the distance. Because if you put something else in Tomorrowland that feels like a land tomorrow, is anyone going to miss it? I mean, Toy Story Mania is for sure the the superior product that that you get from a you know having the you know Buzz, Woody, Jesse, every, Bullseye, everyone's in Toy Story Mania. I'm not sure you could. I'm not sure that people would. You know, I'm I'm a big Buzz Lightyear fan, but I don't think people would miss it. Well, right now it's acting as an overflow for Space Mountain. I mean, Space Mountain closes, Space Mountain has a long line, right. and people yep. go straight to Buzz yep. Lightyear. So I think you need something there. But is it possible to put a different ride in there to reuse that Omnimover track? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what that is, I mean, I can think of a lot of Disney intellectual properties that don't have any presence in the parks. I don't know if the infrastructure is there to do anything exciting 
you know, we've we've talked in the past about a, a Hercules roller coaster or something like that. I don't know if you've got the infrastructure there to be able to do anything exciting. So you're really looking at a slow moving omni mover ride. But hell, Haunted Mansion is a slow moving omni mover ride. And and I would argue that's one of the best rides at, at Magic Kingdom. So I think if you put another intellectual property in there, yeah, you've still got that overflow from from Space Mountain, but it does have to fit in with that Tomorrowland theme because that is a big deal to me. I, I think that if you put anything else in there, it needs to fit in that Tomorrowland theme. I'm trying to think what Disney could put there to make it fit. I guess the idea of our podcast is to reimagine attractions. I'm going to take... Well, could you do a Big Hero 6? Yeah, you could. That's, that's a could. futuristic... You know, I, Big Hero... You know, do something with Baymax. I mean, even turn it into a shooter if you had to. I'm, I'm thinking of Kingdom Hearts has done a lot with a rail-type shooter thing. Could you incorporate that with... Big Hero 6 somehow retheme it to Big Hero 6. That fits to me a little bit better than Buzz Lightyear. And you're retheming, can we just go ahead and blow up Tomorrowland Speedway too? Just to do it? <laughs> we've 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 talked about that already in the past. And yes, I think that's a good idea. I don't think anybody likes so that. So if, if I'm going to keep it Toy Story themed, I think you have to update it. You have to bring it to, you know, 2019. You need to add the technology that Disney has in place. You could leave a good portion of the attraction alone and just update the guns the ride vehicles, maybe the track, maybe some of the terminology and Buzz Lightyear in, in the queue and, and do a lot. It still it still is a popular attraction. I mean, it's a 30 to 40 minute wait when, when peak season. So it still is a good attraction. I understand Pete's, you know, it's the, it's the, 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 the people who don't want to wait in Space Mountain, right? They flow over right to Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger spin. But there's a lot of good theming there. I understand the idea. I think most folks who have seen Toy Story understand that Buzz Lightyear and Zerg are not friends. And, and there, it's a really, really friendly competition, you know, through family and friends. But you have to bring it to 2019, 2020 technology. It, it cannot be, you know, a simple laser that does not work, you know, half of the time. So that, that'd be my, instead of blowing it up and getting rid of it, that, that's how I'd reimagine it. I, I'm on board with that. I, I think if, I, I agree. I, if they keep it the same ride, it does need to be brought in, into the 2019 all right, so let's move on to the next ride. I don't know how much I really want to go here because I have a feeling that this is going to really upset some Disney purists because Walt was such a fan of this attraction. But the Walt Disney Railroad, Walt was a huge train guy. He wanted trains in all of his parks. This was an opening day attraction. It opened on October 1st, 1971. So opening day of Magic Kingdom. It's a narrow gauge track. It's It encircles pretty much the entire Magic Kingdom. Currently, there are three stations. So you've got the Main Street Station, Frontierland Station, and Fantasyland Station. It takes about 20 minutes to go around the whole park. Most days, there are two trains that run on this track. On busy days, they will add a third. And, and I guess I should say, too, that this attraction is not open right now. It's closed due to construction on the Tron roller coaster. So you can't really enjoy it at this point. But... I think this would be a perfect opportunity to add some changes to it. What I am going towards on this, and and I don't know if this is going to fit, but I'm thinking of the Hogwarts Express at Universal, what they've done with that ride, because it really is a mode of transportation, right? It, It goes between the two parks, but it's also a ride because you get this whole experience with the Dementors and you see people running up and down the train corridors and None of this is really happening. This is just a slow-moving train ride to take you between the two parks. But it becomes so much more than that. Could could Disney do something like this? Could we do something going from Main Street into Frontierland? 
could you add in some of the some of the characters, some of the attractions somehow with some CGI or some projections in the in the windows? Could you do something in Fantasyland? Could I don't know, Tinkerbell pay you a visit in your in your train carriage? I think you could add something to this without fundamentally changing it. So you've probably seen me shaking my head the entire time as you talk. <laughs> there has to be some Walt, right, to, to Disney World. And you see Epcot reimagining and reconfiguring the entrance because they're going back to Walt's original diagram of what Epcot should look like. I have never done Hogwarts Express. Is that, is that what it's called at Universal? I have not seen Harry Potter World or Land, whatever, what, you know. I'm a Disney guy, but you have to be really, really careful when touching this because this was an original Walt Disney idea, and there are, I guess, scenes throughout this attraction, because I'm going to call it an attraction, that were put in place for a reason. You, you, you're you making me think that may, maybe you turn this into a... It almost feels like you're trying to turn this into like a millennial attraction with videos and 3D goggles. Like, I think you leave this alone. I don't think you need that. I don't think you need 3D goggles or anything like that. But you're right. There are scenes here. So, A, I think if we're not going to do anything else, we can spruce up these scenes. I mean, a lot of these scenes have been in place for for 50 years now. So I think there's something we can do there. But you're right. I don't think you can fundamentally change this because trains were a huge Walt Disney thing. Like, he loved trains. Not not just a thing. An obsession. I mean, he had, yeah, a train, he had a train track in his backyard, if I remember correctly, where people could sit Correct. and ride in. So, yeah, I don't think you can f- change this a whole lot, but I think you can certainly bring it into the 21st century. And, and you can add, even if it's effects like projection on the on the glass of the carriages as you're driving by. So one of the cool things from the Hogwarts Express is you'll be sitting in your train carriage and you'll see students running up and down the corridors and they're not really there but it's projected on the glass and it sounds like and it looks like it so what kind of effects can disney come up with to you know, to make use of that technology i think there's a lot there there there's so with what disney's done with projections there's certainly opportunity i mean they've they've shown that they're fantastic at projecting the image and invoking the feelings they'd like you to feel i just i that's one of those things where you just leave it alone to me I'm not sure how you fix it. it. I will say I am guilty of not riding the Walt Disney Railroad in 10 years. You know, saying that, though, I guess I, I don't ride it because I've I've seen it. It should be something that I ride every time because, you know, as a lover of Disney World, something that Walt had his hands on should be something that excites me. So, yeah, I think we've got to be careful what we do to Walt's Railroad, but... I, I think there's still room for improvement. Maybe we don't want to go full Hogwarts Express on it, but I, I definitely think there's some improvements we can make, particularly in the scenes that you're passing by on the way to uh, to the stations, maybe in the stations themselves, maybe have more to do on the trains themselves rather than just kind of sitting and, and taking in the scenery. I'm going to keep my same opinion that you can't touch this. So we can we can agree to disagree here. Okay, well, let's move on to an attraction that I think we're both going to agree Need some work. I think this is an attraction that's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. And, and it may not be the attraction itself that's near and dear to people's hearts. It may just be the fact that it's the giant golf ball that everybody sees at Epcot. And this is Spaceship Earth. Now, we know that there is a big renovation coming to Spaceship Earth 
in the near future. We don't know when it's going to be, but we've heard that it's, there's going to be some extended downtime coming. They're going to redo a lot of stuff. This attraction has been around since opening day at Epcot, so since October 1st, 1982. And of course, this is a Omnimover journey through history, really, right? It's it's focused on communication, but but it really is a journey through human history. My favorite feature of this that is not there anymore was the wand that was over Spaceship Earth for uh, several years. Kind of sad that it's not still there. I really, I really do miss the uh, the wand, and I think that was for yeah. So it was for the year two thousand. Was why the uh, and it, and it actually it was a Mickey Mouse arm holding a wand that that said two thousand over it. So that's why it was there. I don't know why I thought it was for one of Mickey's birthdays or something like that. But anyway, I I, I missed this. I like this. I know it caused a lot of controversy. A lot of people didn't like it, but but I did like it. So this has had some celebrity narrators throughout the years. I know that Jeremy Irons was the previous narrator. Judy Dench is a narrator now. The last time I wrote on this, the guy that I wrote it with and I listened to it in Japanese for some reason. Very bizarre. Hold on. Did Morgan Freeman ever narrate this or no? Uh, he did not. No. Morgan Freeman would be a fantastic narrator. He would. He did the Hall of Presidents prior to the pre to this that's renovation. Right. Okay, that's right. I was about to say, I know Morgan Freeman was yeah. somewhere. But no, uh, Judy Dench is right now, and Jeremy Irons was before her. And I, I don't remember who. I think Cronkite did it. Yeah, Walter Cronkite did it prior to that. So if, if, if you guys have listened to just a couple episodes, you've heard that I do not care about history. I am very, I guess, in the, in the present today, right? <laughs> Spaceship Earth does not do a lot for me. What it, it was very hilarious that Pete listened to it in Japanese last time. I don't. I, I don't because. say it, wouldn't say it was hilarious. I was kind of upset that I didn't get to listen to it in English. So I guess it was unfortunate for you that you rode in a Omni Mover with someone who wanted to listen in Japanese. And th- this attraction, the concept is fantastic because you know the giant golf ball, as Pete referred to it earlier is one of the things that everyone knows about Disney. If they could update the history, you know, maybe maybe make it from 1940 to 2020 now, it may be more relevant, but I don't know if that's enough years. It's a, it's a it's an attraction that most folks love that I happen to despise. I mean, if they put a roller coaster in there, you would never hear a complaint from me. You'd hear a complaint from a lot of people who love Disney World and who have ridden Spaceship Earth, but a roller coaster in the giant golf ball Epcot ball would would be something that I would reimagineer this as. I think you could do a very tight and quick roller coaster there. But I know we're going to have negative reviews and tweets and emails about me saying this because as I mentioned with with Walt Disney's Railroad, you don't touch things that Walt had his actual hands on and Spaceship Earth is another one that that he was well aware of with the idea. So here's my fear going forward with Spaceship Earth. You know how they've got the first scene with the guy and the mammoth, and it's a projection on the on the screen? There's no animatronics. There's no anything like that. You know what I'm talking about? Where is this now? So the first scene of Spaceship Earth, when you're going up, there's a projection of a guy and a mammoth. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That's my fear that that's the direction that they're going to go with Spaceship Earth. So we're going to be riding through the dark. We're going to look at projections, and that's going to be it. Okay, so I would say I, if we had to tell Disney advice, do not do that. The animatronics that Disney is able to create, you know, look look at um, Navi River Journey, worst attraction on planet Earth, best animatronic. If Disney wants to really show their, I guess, show their imagination, plop 
50 of those in Spaceship Earth. And I know it's very expensive, but they look real. You could reimagine Spaceship Earth, leave it the exact same, and just update the animatronics and the technology scene, and you're good. Well, I mean, you'd, you'd have to go, you'd have to change some scenes, I think, right? Because the latest scene is the 1980s, when the ride right. started. So, so, so right. So you, you reimagine the 19, the, you fix the, you leave the 1980s, slap a scene in after that, and update the animatronics, and that ride is totally different. Uh, well, and as we say this, Spaceship Earth still still can get to 40, 50 minutes. I mean, yeah, people it's, still want to ride it. It's still a popular attraction. What bothers me about Spaceship Earth the most, I, I think the first half is great, but you get to the top, you turn backwards, you see planet Earth floating at the top of, of the dome. And it's a great moment. You get the music crescendo, whatever, which I, I really mean that. It really is a great moment when you you come around and you see planet Earth floating at the top of the dome. I think that's fantastic. What bothers me about Spaceship Earth is that the journey back down the dome is so underutilized. You're literally just playing on a little computer screen in your car. There's nothing else going on. I think you could do so much more. I mean, you really have a whole nother half of a ride there that you could work with. Yeah, so I agree. The the folks who, I guess two things here. One, I would make it more prominent that you have made it to the top of Spaceship Earth. I don't know how you do it. Because when we when we go to Disney with our, our buddies who have not been, we explain that, hey, now we've reached the top, and you, you can kind of see the outline of, of Spaceship Earth. But two, well, I guess three points. Two, the, the guys who like to sleep on it, like me, just, Disney, recline it a little more. You know, recline <laughs> recline the way back just a touch more. And then three, I'm with you. I mean, Pete, you, you, could, do, you could do a lot. I do think the, I guess, stringed, or, or the strung... The strings Christmas of lights. Light. Yeah. yeah, the strings of light. <laughs> the, the, it is looking at stars, but with their projections now that Disney can do, you could do something fantastic. And and they are remodeling this. Pete mentioned that to, to start the uh, Spaceship Earth topic. Maybe they do something like that. Maybe they really take it to 20, uh, 2020, I guess, 2021, when, when it would be done. Maybe they bring it to this this year, but there are... Slight improvements you could make for the exit of the attraction. Again, my fear is that you get into the same problem with Spaceship Earth that you do with Tomorrowland. Is that if you try to truly show, here's the present, here's the future, eventually you catch up with the future, right? Eventually you catch up with Tomorrowland. So nothing you do in there is is ever going to be not outdated. I mean, it's you're going to get there eventually. Yeah, I mean, this is a vicious circle that we argue all the time. You know, Tomorrowland can only be Tomorrowland for like two days before something else comes out. And Spaceship Earth can only predict the future for two days. Carousel Progress, same thing. But th- they could they could revamp this. So what do you what do you put in? There? I mean, I, I'm with you. I think you put a roller coaster in here. You, you either go roller coaster or you, you throw like drones and projection stuff. I mean, Disney has stuff that no one's seen yet, right? They're always trying to, they're, they're, especially now because Universal's become such a popular I guess uh, vacation destination. Disney's trying to upgrade quickly. What you know? What they're doing in place of the Great Movie Ride, unfortunately, maybe it's something like that you put in there. You put something in there to attract visitors, and you're not trying to attract the people who have never been to Disney because it's the first attraction there. You walk right in. Oh, here's a line. Let's wait in Spaceship Earth. You're trying to attract the people like most of our listeners and you and I, who have ridden the attraction. You know. 50 times and trying to find a reason to ride at number 51. Or do you go a completely different direction, given that Epcot is now going to be a character park? Do you put Disney characters in there? 
do you go, hey, here's the Phoenicians. Oh, we're going to jump over and here's Aladdin floating no. on his magic. Like, a- no, absolutely. Do you go that no, route? No, absolutely not. Why not? I mean, it, it, that's the direction Epcot's going now. So that's the direction put, Disney's going. Are you going to put Will Smith in there too? No. I, or Robin Will Smith, Williams. The Will one? Smith, come on. The Will, the Will Smith genie is not the real genie. We haven't seen the movie, but we're, I mean, it doesn't just, it doesn't matter? No, I, I don't think you. I, I think you either go same storyline Spaceship Earth has now. You go roller coaster. You do not incorporate the storyline they have now with Disney characters. You, that's not what Epcot was intended for. But that's the direction we're going. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy going in there. You've got Ratatouille going in there. You've got Frozen in there. Yeah, and as you say that, you have Mission Space and Test Track and Spaceship Earth and Living with the Land. None of that is Disney. I mean, none of the seas with movie. the seas with Nemo. Yeah, I knew. Friends. Yeah, I knew you were coming with that. I knew you were coming with that. So I, I mean, the lines have gotten blurred. I guess we, is my we've point. we've had a whole podcast on the lines getting blurred. We've talked about that. I don't know what I mean. I think so. I'm a, I'm a I like thrill rides at this point in my life. You know, ten years later, I'm probably going to enjoy slow Spaceship Earth type attractions. If you put a roller coaster in Spaceship Earth, it would be a massive hit. But they will not. I I guess it doesn't. It doesn't even have to be a a roller coaster. Could you put a ride like a dinosaur in there? That's a little bit more thrilling. That's still a dark ride. So time travel. So yeah. Yeah, that involves time travel. Yeah. Maybe maybe Disney should hire you because that was a really good idea. I mean, I'm on top of that. I don't know if the structure would support it, but I don't hate that at all. I I I, because dinosaur is not a well. I guess it is a thrill ride. But it's not so fast that children can't ride it, right? Maybe you do something like that. Or maybe you just throw Indiana Jones in there and just confuse everyone. I don't know if that works. So <laughs> let's let's move on to Dinosaur because that's the last ride that I've got on this list. I think that Dinosaur is one of those rides that I, I still enjoy, but it is starting to get a little bit dated. And And this ride was an opening day Animal Kingdom attraction. So at this point, it's 20 years old, something like that, 20, 20 21 years old. 21 yeah. years old, yeah. Quite, it's, it's honestly almost 20, 21 years old to the day, because April 22nd is uh, the birthday. Yeah, so Dinosaur can almost drink at this point. It's, <laughs> it's seen a lot of renovations through not, the years. Hey, hey, not in Magic Kingdom. Not in Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. It's seen a lot of renovations through the years. It has had some changes, you know. It's had some name changes. I, I don't know. This this ride, to me, screams it's in need of something to change. It's not super popular, although the the weights can get up there. But typically... I mean, 40, 40 minutes. I would say, like, Goofy's Barnstormer is not popular. Dinosaur gets to 40 minutes. Okay. Sometimes. So how do you so, take it? How do you take it from being sometimes having a 40-minute wait to having an Avatar... Flight of Passage, three-hour wait all the time. So I actually think you either need to change that to Indiana Jones Land or some concept that would reflect that because you have never you you've never you've been to Disneyland once. Never yeah, been. but it was okay. well prior to Indiana Jones opening. So, so Indiana Jones, if you if you've been as a listener, you you'll know. But if you've seen the video, it looks fantastic. It looks better than Dinosaur. It is literally the exact same track layout. As dinosaur. The track layout is the same, but some obviously the scenes are different, right? If they changed it to Indiana Jones and somehow reincorporated that land and took, I, they would have to take Indiana Jones out of Hollywood Studios and, and bring it to Animal Kingdom, that's going to, that that's going to, you know, infuse 
folks to, to go ride. I, I'm not sure there's much you can do to fix it in the current state. Disney World has changed it multiple times. They have refined the attraction. They have cleaned. They have done a lot. It, it and, looks a lot better now than it, than it has previously. I mean, I love Dinosaur, but I know everything that's coming. If they could somehow randomize the experience, like Indiana Jones is, right? You go through different doors. Yeah, kind of, sort of, but not really. But but you, it appears that you go through something different. Correct. And Dinosaur is, you know, there are pictures at my mom's house where I am terrified from the dinosaur jumping out at me. There are pictures at my wife and I's house where you can tell I'm waiting for it. You know, almost pointing at the dinosaur laughing. There has to be a way to, I mean, in in today's world, like Tower of Terror, we, we rave about Tower of Terror. Disney World has done a fantastic job of upgrading and refining that attraction because you never know what you're going to get. You know, sometimes you know the glass is going to break and you're, you're going to go up for another full drop. But if they could do something with Dinosaur where there's three or five or two tracks even and your route takes you one way or the other, you would improve it. If they switched it all the way to Indiana Jones, obviously the folks that live in the, the southeastern region would be all over it. So th- those are two e- like yeah, quick fixes, I guess. But but fixing the attraction in place now, what would you do? Well, I mean, is there another intellectual property that you could put in there that would fit that track and that ride style? It's not even just that track. I mean, you have to get rid of the boneyard. Like you have to get rid of everything. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's it, just thinking offhand. I guess there's really not anything else that would fit with that theming and the whole Dino Institute and all that all that kind of thing. So so no, I don't. Without changing that whole land, no, I don't know that there's anything you could really do. I'm trying to think if there's any other prehistoric Disney kind of intellectual properties, but really I'm not I'm not thinking of anything. Was Land Before Time Disney or no? No, that was Don Bluth. I'm tr- I'm obviously thinking off the off the cuff here, but yeah, I I don't know that there's a lot you can do with this other than changing the whole land. But I agree with you. I would like to see some sort of randomization. Have a couple of tracks. Have them join up for a couple of places. I don't think that's that difficult to do. Yeah, you've got a little extra space that you've got to put in there, but and then I think more animatronics, less static dinosaurs. There's a lot of dinosaurs that just stand there and don't do anything. There's a lot of projections. I like the animatronics. I like the animatronics that move and that move quickly. You know what? That's a great idea because even the dinosaurs that jump out at you are static. I mean, mm-hmm. they're on, they're on a the track, right? Mm-hmm. I would like you. You can even randomize the dinosaur movements through an animatronic. And that would improve the attraction because you think I'm going through it now. You see, you do see a lot of static and the ones that do move are on track right to left or forward and backward. Yeah. If you had an, if you had an animatronic that reacted differently, seven times, you know, seven different reactions that, that, that randomizes the ride on its own. That's a really, really good idea. I'd also like to see some better effects for the meteor that's going to hit rather than the laser light show or, or whatever it is that they've got going on. I'd like to feel, be it through some speakers or whatever, I'd like to feel the, the meteor coming closer. I'd like to feel the heat from the meteor. I'd like for everything to get brighter as this thing, this fireball is in the sky. I think I think they could change that a lot. It's That ride is so dark all the time. You know, Pete, I think, well, well first off, they tried to brighten the attraction. And they did. But you, you, you obviously thought about this episode because I think with technology Disney has now, I mean, you talk about, let, let's talk about Flight of Passage for just a brief second. You feel the breathing, the wings flapping, 
Yeah, the the smells. The I mean, you feel exactly. you feel a sense of vertical you, motion. You talk about you wanting feel to the, feel a meteor's coming, whether it's vibration or earthquake. They should be able to do that on your ride vehicle, and that again, I mean, we, we won't even have, we don't have to change the attraction. We can just upgrade. My, I mean, we say minor. We don't know how much it costs. We're not Imagineers, but you're right. You know what what they do with the meteor. You know, little lasers. The projection show they could put off. Not that hard. It's a it's a massive it's a massive ride building. You have to have a lot of wall space. Maybe you throw something up there. I, I like that idea, Pete. You add some you add some subwoofers rumbling and you add some heat and I, I don't know. I keep thinking back to our experience at the void in the Star Wars thing at the void, where we were on an elevator going towards lava and we could feel the lava coming up closer towards us. Why is that effect not incorporated at dinosaur at all? Like you know what I forgot about that. Uh, to, to give a side story, we all had it was cold outside, so we all had jackets on, and they encouraged, "Hey, maybe take your jacket off." We had a couple of guys in our party say, "No, nah, I'm fine." When the lava scene came, it, it felt like 120 degrees. I mean, it was hot. Yeah, yeah. How they did it, we have no idea. Didn't look at that. But I took my goggles off, and I got scolded by Disney employees. But you're right. I mean. It's even Test Track. I mean, Test Track used to have the hot and cold area. Same thing. If a meteor is going to hit the earth, you know. There's a giant fireball streaking towards the earth. You're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. And I'm with you. That that would enhance. That's what I'm talking about. You've ridden it 50 times. Your 51st time, you ride it because you feel the meteor coming. You're animatronic dinosaurs. You know, it's, it's quick fixes for Disney. And it's little. It just adds to the ride experience. It makes it that much more realistic. It adds to that sense of, of escape, I guess. Any other thoughts on that? No, no, I'm good. I mean, I, I think you uh, I think you nailed it. Usually I think I'm always right, but you were right here. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was really, really good ideas for Dinosaur. All right, well, if nothing else on those, let's go to Tom with the trivia question and secret for the week. Tom, what do we got? Secret and trivia question of the night. Let's do this thing. Did you know? Every day, just before Casey's Corner opens to serve the hot dogs and the lunch that you have grown to love, one guest has a chance to make a memory of a lifetime. Uh, The crowd typically gathers outside of the door, and one child is selected to throw the quote-unquote, the air quotes as I'm doing, the opening pitch with a cast member at Disney World. They lead the chorus in the take-me-out-to-the-ball game, and the little guy or little girl gets to throw the opening pitch. Did you know that? Did not know that. So obviously Pete has never been selected, probably because he was not a cute kid. Moving to the trivia question for last week and this week. So last week in Disney World, where can you find a clock that has stopped at the time that Walt Disney himself was pronounced dead? It was kind of a morbid secret slash trivia question. And you can find this clock at One Man's Dream, which is now now called Walt Disney Presents. Yeah, so it's, it's it's Walt Disney Presents, and when I told Pete it was one man's dream, I was very embarrassed that I mispronounced the attraction name, but he quickly corrected me as he did on the podcast. So yes, it's Walt Disney Presents, where you can find a clock that has stopped when Walt Disney passed. Uh, it, it's obviously a sign of celebration because Walt Disney brought these ideas to all of us, and that's why we're listening and doing this podcast. All right, trivia question for this week. In Disney World's Magic Kingdom, there are three quote-unquote attractions that most guests do not see, do, or even realize. Can you name them? I'm saying the word attractions with air quotes because I would probably consider all three of them 
more of an experience, but uh, would love your answers at our email at men do www at gmail.com or our Twitter at men do WDW podcast. Pete, pretty tough question, huh? Yeah, no clue. No clue. I can't tell if he knows or not. He, he looks like he may know, but um, again, question in Disney World's Magic Kingdom, what three attractions do most guests not see, do, or realize they exist? Uh, we, we look forward to your answers. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoww@gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.